Welcome. No, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> welcome very much. Hello, to welcome the to Duck in the Usher. My name is Sergey. Now, welcome to Duck in the Usher. I am Zachary W. Fisher. With me, as always, is our master of ceremonies and engineer, Joshua A. Stan Camp. Howdy, howdy. And our show is brought to you by the lovely homies over at Copper Fox Tattoo Company at West 192. Reach them at 407-397-9938 for all your tattoo needs. And our show is produced. By Mr. A.J. Simmons and all of our continued support from our patrons on Patreon. We love and thank you all so very much. Yes, he is. And today, I feel it's going to be one of our shorter episodes, maybe. We're going to squeeze this one out. Um, yeah, this really this movie that we're doing, it's, it's not very long, and there's really not much substance to it, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I do have some clips. I mean, yeah. at least we can get some fun little things going on there. Yeah, and uh, as always, we like to talk about uh, what's going on in our individual worlds, specifically with what we are watching. Uh, Josh, what are you spinning this week? Oh, man, I've been watching uh, Monk. Monk? Yeah, I've been kind of, I'm already on like season four. Tony Shalhoub is a national treasure. He is, he's awesome. It's a funny show. I've never really, really watched it when it came out, so I thought I'd watch something different. I'm enjoying it. As far as movies go, I haven't really been... Moving it up. I've been so busy with the yeah. theater. I've been just running myself ragged. So you know what? I'm sure we we keep kind of brushing over that. Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? Let's because uh, for most of you who know who are listening to us, we are based in Central Florida, and a lot of our um, our fan base and supporters are all people from the area. And outside of the show, Josh is the artistic director for the Theater in the Cloud uh, company here in St. Cloud, Florida. Uh, and you have a show coming up. So anybody who's listening in the area, you want to know about it? Let Josh tell you. Yeah, come on. Check us out on Theater in the Cloud. And that's kind of like the British spelling. So it's the R-E, not E-R, Theater in the Cloud. We're Canadian. We're Canadian, eh? <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Um, so we're doing a show called Line, which was written by Israel Horovitz, uh, which is actually Ad-Rock's father from the Beastie Boys. Oh, snap. Uh, he... He actually just passed away, not Ad Rock, but the dad, the author yeah. of the play, the playwright. Wait, and wait. it's an absurdist play. One of the Beastie Boys did pass away. Who yeah, a while it? ago. I think that was MC8 or whatever, right? Uh, I don't yeah, know which I think one. you're right. Yeah. I don't think it was Mike D. I think it was the other guy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's an absurdist play. It's about five people who show up for a uh, what they think it's just a white line on stage, and they all show up for different reasons. And the whole goal is they want to be in the front of the line. Right. Richard Dreyfus was in this back in the day. It ran oh, off cool. off Broadway for like 35 years. It was a really long show that ran. Fantastic. And it's a, you know, people are going to cheat, lie, sleep their way to the front of the line, beat people up. It's going to start as comedy. It just kind of goes off the rails very quickly. Is this a one act play? It is a one act. It lost about, it's a pretty long one act. It's, okay. it's about an hour long. Okay. I think I timed it the other day with the actors, and we we're about fifty minutes. So now you've been uh, working on it for what over a month now? About two months. Yeah, yeah. We meet twice a week, and I know, uh, you know some of these actors have never really performed on stage before, so yeah. that's why we take the time to sit down with them, and they're doing a great job. They're yeah, fine. you feel things like are things are clicking. I'm like, we open next weekend, yeah? and I'm like, oh fuck. That's fuck, what I remember about shit. the very few stage productions I did when I was in high school. I had a lot of fun doing it. I wish I had gotten into it earlier. Um, I did a movie, or no, not a movie. I did a uh, play called uh, Moon Over Buffalo. Yeah. And I remember 
getting into get, trying to get into character and like rehearsing lines with people before we did any blocking we would just sit around in a in a room with folders and read the lines mm -hmm. and it took a while yeah for all of the natural sort of chemistry to start clicking to where our lines sounded natural as we would play off each other and it wasn't until right up until the day that something kind of clicked as as you put it where all of it just uh just kind of fell into place mentally because I remember being extremely nervous. We well, keep telling the actors, we're like, you know, if, if you if you if you nail it, if, like if you get it down, yeah, instantly, you can go home early. I'm like, if you don't mess up once in yeah. a run through, I'm like, you can go home early. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. There's been a couple little, yeah, little things here and there, but sometimes well, that, you that really repetition don't is good, though. I guess you know for things like that. Yeah, so you can probably hear my dog is going berserk yeah. well, over there. That's Penny. Yeah. She's, she's kind of our. She's just security. She, she wants. Yeah, she wants to be part of the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. What have I been diving yeah, what have you into? Been into? Uh, I tried watching the Snyder Cut. Um, yeah, I, I I haven't had four hours to burn. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you need to put aside more time for this than you do for the Irish. For the Irishman. Yeah, the Irishman, which I still haven't seen. Um, my bad. Typically, my tastes kind of veer towards like the horror and exploitation kind of like realm of movies. So a lot of the stuff that's coming out, especially during Oscar season, which it is right now, I'm, I haven't really dove into the movies that I want to. Like, there's that new movie, Minari, with Steven Yeun that I heard is really good. The guy from Walking Dead. Yeah, I, I just saw a thing on Facebook about that. He's getting a lot of praise. About, they were talking about the female actress that's in it. And, yeah, yeah. I, I forget her name right off the top of my head, too. Um, uh, the Black Messiah, or Judas and the Black Messiah, that one about uh, the Black Panther uh Founders, that's, yeah, on, I think HBO that's on HBO. Max. I haven't watched that either. I haven't watched it either. That's getting a lot of buzz. Um, I do know. Mank. I do know that Kong versus Godzilla is coming out here. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm really excited, excited for that. For that. I'm a genre genre movie guy for sure. So a lot of the highbrow stuff, I typically get to after the fact. You know, like you said, you watched the King Speech. What years? Years after, after yeah, it won sorry. the Oscar. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed. Yeah, it. <clears throat> which is kind of like I guess in keeping with the theme of the show is like we're not always like up to date with all the the you know the goings on in the movie world. We kind of like go back and rediscover those little gems that get dropped along the way. Uh, what else am I digging into? <clears throat> You've been doing your ticky talky and yeah, TikTok is all fun. That jazz. Uh, the, when I, it's funny too, cause when I decide to do a particular video, I have like three series whatever the plural, plural is for that. I have, um, remakes and connections or no sequels and connections is, uh, one of the series I do where I find movies that you may not have known had a sequel or is connected to another film by, mm -hmm. by some little trick of the writer. Like there, I think there's a secret connection between coming to America and trading places. Yeah, well, there's the, that's the when they throw the, the money. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like, Mortimer, we're back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so little things like that. Like I made a connection the other day between um, American Psycho. It's really dog shit sequel, American Psycho 2. I didn't even didn't even watch it. No, no it's not worth watching. That's Bro. one of those movies they just slapped the title on. Just it was going to be a different movie, and they needed brand recognition. Didn't so they, they make that a the musical recently? American Psycho? Yeah, I feel like they made a Broadway musical on that. I couldn't tell you. But Brett Easton Ellis's other works uh, also have connections with the their characters all have a similar connection. There's the movie The Rules of Attraction, which is not a horror flick, but the character Sean Bateman is Patrick Bateman's brother, and they only just kind of like touch on that. And I think there was a deleted scene where Patrick and Sean speak to each other. Mm -hmm. I got to go back and rewatch that too. But he did a movie called The Informers in 2008, and then there was one called um, oh, Snap. I'm blanking on it. 
Uh, oh, uh, Less Than Zero, which came out in 1987, had Robert Downey Jr. in it. That was also based on Brett Easton Ellis's work. And while those characters don't have a direct connection to Patrick Bateman or any of these other characters, they're, they're only connective tissue. It comes from the fact that all these characters are have a relationship with this place called Camden College. So that seems to be the connective thread in all of his stories, even though they're separate stories. They, it's kind of like Stephen King, where there's... there's it's, like like the, a, it's, a, it's like a, the universe. Like, yeah, like quick, right. Tarantino, all, same, all of his films yeah. are in the same universe. But this is just the man's books, and so far there have been movies that connect them, and there's going to be a few more based on his works, all from that Ellis verse, for lack of a better term. Another movie that I've been kind of obsessing over lately is one that was filmed here in St. Cloud. And uh, I recently actually got to watch it for the first time, too. It was... Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis is known as the godfather of gore. He did the blood trilogy, which is like blood sucking freaks. Um, they all have very colorful titles. Uh, 2000 Maniacs. And there was a third one, to which I can't recall right off the top of my head. But 2000 Maniacs was filmed here in St. Cloud, Florida in, in 1964. Uh, or three. I know it was released in, in 1964. Uh, but a majority of the scenes are filmed uh, here in the heart of downtown. Right On New York, York Avenue. Street, yeah. yep, you can see the Hunter Arms Hotel which is an old historic hotel right in the center of town. <clears throat> you can distinctly see, <coughs> excuse me, um, like the structure of the building as it, as it still exists today. There's a lot of scenes where they're chilling on the front porch of the building as if, you know, it's the, the mayor's, you know, office or whatever. There's interior shots where they use the rooms. There's even a back alley scene where we where from garage bar where Josh and I typically hang out. There's an alley that runs between, it the hotel and the bar where we uh, hang out and there's a, a staircase you can see to the right of the building with a certain door and it's just it's distinct as you walk outside you know where you are and in the movie you can see all the staircases that are on the back side of the uh, of the building so it's kind of fun i'm going to do like little sides side by side comparisons uh, via yeah, photos because they remodeled TikTok. it i mean they, they, yeah the, the outside still looks the same because yeah. it is a historic building so they can't do too right. much. I to think it. the only additions since then have been like that half wall. The half wall. They redid like the rooms and courtyards. Yeah, like I'm sure they've done more interior stuff because it looks super plain um, in the movie. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the townsfolk that were here um, were extras on the film. I don't think there were ever any like the on camera like speaking roles, but there were the people in the background just kind of looking strange and applauding these horrific uh, <laughs> ceremonial murders kind of sounds like St. Cloud in general <laughs> <laughs> maybe once upon a time it's a pretty uh it's a pretty um uh you know diverse place now but uh yeah uh so I've been kind of like you know watching that movie and and obsessing over it and there was a remake uh in the mid-2000s called 2001 Maniacs starring Robert Englund who is um Freddy Krueger so it's a pretty cool legacy uh to it and it's Almost 50, 57, 56 years ago uh, when it was made. And um, I want to be able to see if I can find anybody who still is living in St. Cloud who is old enough to remember being a part of that. Uh, who talk would to, like to be interviewed. Talk to Roscoe. Roscoe? Yeah, he was probably around by then. Who was who's Roscoe? Old Mayor Roscoe. I'll point him out to you one day. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that'll be fun. I want to do that. I call and, him the unofficial mayor of St. Cloud just because he's been here for yeah. fucking ever. That and that and I also like kind of got curious, like what other movies were filmed in St. Cloud, and somebody pointed out that Waterboy, uh, a good a majority of the f uh, scenes in Waterboy were filmed here. Yeah, um, and and yeah, they used the Hunter's Arms for a couple of things. I'm trying to figure out what. Yeah, so I want to definitely talk about like hometown heroes 
uh, coming up soon on my TikTok page. And uh, I think there was another like low budget film made by a couple friends of ours. Was it Lost Highway? It was a real um, low budget like horror flick. Anyway, we'll get into that. You follow me on TikTok at Zaxploitation or also on Twitter at Duck and the Usher and on Instagram at Duck and the Usher. Or you can reach us at Facebook.com slash Duck and the Usher. <coughs> Let's jump into the movie, shall Let's we? Let's do the movie. Today's movie is Big Bully from 1996. Not to be confused with Big Bully, a movie, a short film that came out in 2019 and the New York uh, Film Festival. Uh, and it it's stars Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. Yeah, this is kind of towards the end of Rick Moranis' career. This came yeah. out in uh, January of 1996. It's been an hour and 31 minutes. 4.7 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. I'm pretty sure it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes because it's uh, didn't it's not, do very well. It's not great. Not great, no. <laughs> the budget for this film was $15 million. It only made about two. So it bombed, bomb, bomb, bomb. Yeah. So it came out in January. I tried to look up like what it probably lost to. Oh, and definitely a dump month. It was a bed of roses. It lost a bed of roses, pretty much. Um, okay, was that like the biggest uh, box office for the in for in ninety six? Yeah, in ninety six. For no, in in January when they came out the same weekend. So okay, it, I see. Okay, bed of roses was with um, what's his bucket? Christian Slater. And oh, Mary Stewart Masterson. Looks I don't like think a rom- I've ever seen. Looks that. like a rom com romance. It, it also didn't like it's got like nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like Biodome came out around the same time. And, okay, you know there was a lot of weird. Movies I remember that in summer was big for. Uh, I think the biggest movie of that year was Independence Day. Was that ninety six or ninety five? I thought it was ninety six. All right, you want to do a little fact yeah, checking on that? Facky checky. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give a little backstory on uh, this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> so Big Bully is a 1996 American dark comedy film, um, and. and and I'll, I'll talk about the uh, director after this. Independence Day was 96. Your was? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching that over at the Arcade Theater in downtown Kissimmee. It only cost a buck. I think I saw it at the St. Cloud Theater. The popcorn. Oh, right. All right. That's the equivalent. Well, at the, yeah, at the time, the Popcorn Theater. Yeah. That's a St. Cloud twin. So Big Bully is directed by Steve Miner. <clears throat> it's written by Mark Stephen Johnson, and it stars Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold as two men, a former victim, and his childhood bully as they reconnect as adults. Um. It was panned by critics and was a box office bomb, as Josh uh, just mentioned. It's notable for being Rick Moranis' last on-screen role in the theatrical release prior to his long hiatus from acting. <clears throat> and I think he was only, what, 35 at the time? I think so, yeah. Cause he, he says he's 35 in the movie, but I don't know if his age if he's really lines 35. up I don't know. I'll have to look. with his characters. Although the film is set in Minnesota, it was actually filmed in Vancouver and Ladysmith, British Columbia, Canada. Because... Uh, Mr. Moranis is Canadian. <clears throat> but the school scenes uh, were filmed at the Kitsilano Secondary School in Vancouver. Now, he would have been 35 in 1988. Oh, snap. So yeah. he was 45. Yeah, he's 67 right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, he does have that kind of boyish look to him. He's a tiny little dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, As you can tell, we're really excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit here. So this is—I didn't actually hear know of this movie at all until I said until something you right brought it up. Actually, month or maybe even a year or two ago, whenever we started the bod, the podcast, this movie came up randomly because we were looking for you know movies that just—I think I think we were trying to find something the the movies that would fit certain months. And I yeah. was like, oh, October's coming up, and that's like Bully Awareness Month or something like that. And I was like, mm. oh, we should do Big Bully. That's right. 
Because I remember seeing this movie maybe like three times, four times as a kid, and just remember little sections. And I yeah. was like, as a kid, I was like, "This is a great film." Now I'm rewatching it, and I'm like, eh. and it's funny too because uh, a lot. <laughs> it, it is a dark comedy. Um, and admittedly, parts were funny. I, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of like unfairly maligning it. It wasn't not funny, but it also had very little substance, as you said. It was very paper thin. I, I feel like if it was like a TV show or something, maybe it would work yeah. out. Or it just. Yeah, it's just missing gaps. So let's kind of just jump in here. There's sure. a lot of narration. So, um, well, I do want to mention yeah, the director, Steve Miner. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's done a couple of things. Yeah, he's done actually. He's done stuff that I really like. Um, it's right in my wheelhouse. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, I think this is like his first comedy. Maybe not his first comedy because it looks like um, he's the, he's kind of all over the point, all over the place. His first two movies were from 1981 and 82, and that would be Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, respectively. Which means that he gave Jason his iconic hockey mask. Yeah, because uh, it came out in three, right? <clears throat> yeah, you didn't get the hockey mask until Part Three. Yeah, yeah, because he goes into the hockey players' yeah. room and like does Just it, puts does the it, mask on, something like that. I can't. Yeah, remember. no, I think I. Th- yeah, I think I remember that one because the guy's like messing around, like he has like that fake arrow through his head. That's when then... they did the 3D gimmick too. Yeah, is when the mask showed up. Um, also, one of my favorite uh, horror flicks, he did House in 1985, which is really wacky. Uh, he did Soul Man in '86, uh, and he also directed about nine episodes of The Wonder Years. Um, which you can really get some Wonder Years feels at the beginning of this movie. Too. Oh yeah, especially with the narration. Yeah. 1989's Warlock, that was one of his. Uh, yeah, so he's he's oh he did Forever Young as well. That's with a great. Gibson. I like that movie. Yeah. So he's not an untalented director. He's he's got some really good stuff under his belt. Um, there's another one here after that, which I think is a very big cult classic, and that's uh, Lake Placid. He did Lake. Placid? He did Lake Placid. Yeah. <laughs> he also did Halloween H2O in 1998. Oof. Uh, which a lot of people don't like. Uh, I, he, he did. You said Day of the Dead, right? Uh, yeah, I believe remake. he did the remake, the two thousand one, right? I think. Let me double confirm here. I could be wrong. Yeah, Day of the Dead two thousand eight, which is a remake of nineteen eighty five's Day of the Dead, which is my favorite of the George Romero dead movies. Mm-hmm. And this one had Mina Suvari, Ving Rhames, and Nick Cannon, and it was. Uh, dog turn Nick Cannon. Yeah, <laughs> most of the yeah, it sucks that the remake for this one was was bad because 1990s Night of the Living Dead from Tom Savini is one of my favorites and one of my favorite remakes. 2004's Dawn of the Dead from Zack Snyder is a really great remake of the 78 Dawn of the Dead. Um, I think it, I think I remember that one. That's the one with like the, the mall. mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what's strange is is Dawn of the Dead. No. Day of the Dead had an unofficial sequel. It was Day of the Dead 2 Contagium, which was a low-budget film that almost had no connection to Day of the Dead 85. And then this movie, which kind of plays with a similar plot, but really the only two different two similarities between it and the OG were the fact that there were soldiers and there were zombies. But in this one, the zombies could like crawl on ceilings and stuff, and I was just like, ah, I don't want this. Kind of unrealistic. Yeah. I like the 28 Weeks Later type of... Yeah, crazy zombies, and they're more infected. Like yeah, they're not really the living. They're dead. living dead. Yeah, the yeah. the infection. It's a little more. It's not your Romarian zombie. Yeah. So the movie yeah. starts out. We have some um, little narration. You have Rick Moranis pretty much telling you his life story. Right. And uh, I have a little clip of this. So this is where you're gonna get that Wonder Years feel. <clears throat> 
I grew up in Hastings, Minnesota, a small river town on the Mississippi. The kids I hung around with were more than just buddies. We were a band of victims who watched each other's back. Ulf was an odd kid, primarily concerned with explosions and setting things on fire. Jerry's father owned the butcher shop on Main Street. To his family, vegetarian was a four-letter word. Hey, guys, how's it going? One day in class, Jerry was asked how many different food groups there were. His answer was two, meat and everything else. Alan was the only black kid that we'd ever seen. But any racial differences were soon dismissed when he proved he could shove his whole fist into his mouth. It was something even Jerry couldn't do. Hey, Davey, look who's coming. Victoria was by far the most beautiful girl in the school. She may have been 10, but she was built like a 12-year-old. Hi, Victoria. Hi, boys. See what? The way she was looking at you. Yeah, she wants it. Wants what? Hey, did you hear? Hear what? Moon rocks coming. What? Here? Yep, next week. They're gonna send guards and stuff. And if you try to touch it, bang! They'll shoot you on sight. It's weird. You get this like clip because it, you also have like Fang, which is yeah. which is like the young um, Tom Arnold character, which is supposed to be the bullies, like right. beating up Rick Moranis' character, yeah. Danny. Right? Is that his character's name, Danny? David. David beating up David the like throughout the <clears throat> scenes. But it's weird. They they do this whole like backstory of his friends, and then later in the movie, you meet them like fucking twice. Yeah, and they're ba- yeah they're barely in it. Yeah, they're barely in it. it they just become like plot devices. Yeah, because I have like a scene of them in the bar and they're like chit chatting. Like, can you put your fish back in your mouth? And yeah, that's really <laughs> that made me laugh too. Is like any racial uh, differences were soon dispelled by the <laughs> fact that the man could do some freakish body talent. Okay, sure. If yeah. that's what if that's what does it. And the big part of that the that clip is just that there's a moon rock coming to the school. So yeah, you, know, you get this idea like oh they're traveling around showing a moon rock, and, and then a couple of things yeah. there in that opening. Um, made me think of well for one when the girl was approaching i immediately thought of squints in sandlot that's him isn't that him no it's not it's not not the same actor he looks like him yeah um he looks like squints you know seeing wendy peppercorn and um which is like the all-time like unattainable hot babe name wendy peppercorn (laughs) (laughs) i was playing fallout 4 and you know how you can rename weapons yeah um i i found this big ass like uh gun that just became my bread and butter throughout the whole game. It was just a really great gun. And renamed it Wendy Peppercorn. If I ever boat, I'm going to name it that too. <laughs> the Wendy Peppercorn. The Peppercorn, yeah. Um, so uh, the kid who plays young Rick Moranis, and it's funny you said Danny, 
because this kid also played young Rick Moranis character in Little Giants, where his character's name was Danny. Um, and this is also so this is the second movie where we get that kid, Justin John Ross, and also it's our second Don Knotts movie. It is our Pleasantville. Second, yeah. Yeah. We're so gonna get a couple little connections. Yeah, and, there. and Don Knotts is like the principal at the time. What? Yeah, no, what? Yeah, what does he say to him? Yeah, what, what are you looking at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? It, it's funny because like later on, he he's the same principal when he comes back, and he has an age <laughs> like a fucking day, not like, a day, no. A so uh, they have this moon rock, and it's it. You see the what is it like the security guard is like watching the moon rock, and like yeah, and the teacher's like, can I touch can it? I and, like, and he's like, uh, I think I can fit you in. Fit you in, baby. You know what I'm talking about this movie is weird that it's '96 because it feels like something from the early '90s. You know, it's like it came a little late. Yeah, if I think I think if it did come out in like '94, I think it maybe would have been a little better. Probably one, yeah, because there's always been this like uh, you ever notice in the '90s like there's there seems to be this obsession with things from the 1950s. So a lot oh, of mo- yeah. a lot of '90s movies that Sandlot, like uh-huh. all that stuff. Yeah, I think I think if this if this movie came out around the same time as uh, Little Giants, yeah, I think it would have been done done way I mean, better. And that movie did it too with the flashback scenes at least. Because it, it kind of stands the reason, you know, a lot of those filmmakers in that day were probably nostalgic for 50s and 60s stuff, while today you see a whole lot of throwbacks to 80s nostalgia. It's huge right now, because that was, you know, the big thing. 30 to 40 years ago, yeah. Uh, we find out that um, someone stole the moon rock, mm-hmm. right? And, and this is uh, his... Bu- his bully. His bully, right? yeah, yeah, Fang, is what his name is. Which, I, I was like, why did... Okay, all right. Two things. Why did they decide to give him a nickname when his name is already Roscoe Bigger? His last name already suggests that he is, because uh, the title's Big Bully. Yeah, so it should have been like Bigger. Yeah, I when they could just call him Big or something. It makes no sense. And, I know. And, I know. Like, and once we get to the end of the movie, I kind of have a theory of the narration. Like, I feel like also he's writing a book. He has this gonna, like. He has like protruding more, elonged like canine. Yeah, so that's why you call him Fang. That's why he's named Fang. But when he's an adult, he has the same tooth. Yeah, it's wouldn't this, he have lost that tooth in childhood? No, because I think they're like in they're middle school. He's like eight or nine. It's they're in when middle. Do, they're when, in middle school. When do we lose our teeth? Like elementary. I'm trying to think. Like I still, I still, I had teeth falling out by the time before I hit puberty. Right? No. No. I don't. I don't remember losing teeth in middle school. Like I you lose them in like I, yeah. I remember. Okay. So he, how old are you when you're eight, or what grade? You're in like the fourth grade and you're eight, nine, ten. Yeah, right? I, I, I'm pretty sure it's a middle school they're at, right? He's in sixth grade. Yeah, I think they're like in sixth grade because he said ten year old. So I'm gonna guess they're all like ten. Okay, so they're like in fourth, the grade? fifth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. Maybe it could be sixth grade. No way. No, it you're can't not be. ten years old in the sixth grade. <laughs> We're like just sitting here talking about. Like, I'm trying to remember. Well, because I, I kind of, I kind of went to school like a year later than I should have because of where my birthday fell. It fell in September, and it was like September 26th. So I had to wait till the following year. So like you, I turned five. I want to say you're in like fourth grade. I'm gonna say fifth. All right. Is what it is. <laughs> so Fang's a bully. Okay, he, all right, yeah, he, yeah. At one point, like the 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 Fang, like uh, you know, David saves up because he's got like the evil Knievel doll. Yeah, you know, like the seventies racer. He's thing. playing with it next to a creek. Yeah, and then Fang comes up, rips his head off, and like throws it yeah. in the creek, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> when we find out, because you know his David's life is just ruined. You know, he's got this bully, won't leave him alone, beats him up all the time. Yeah. Uh, we find out that they're moving. 
that his his family's moving. Yeah, and he's like opportunity. Oh. You know, they think the kid's gonna be sad, but he's like, yeah, no, he's fucking out of here. Yeah, and he. Earlier, he sees, because the moon rock got stolen, he sees that Fang stole the moon rock. So he yeah. runs in, he tells on him, and here's a little clip of, of them kind of moving. And I, I think this is a fun little uh, okay. joke. October 30th, 1970. It was the biggest day of my life. Good heavens, what, what's happened over at the Biggers? Hey. Isn't that a friend of yours, David? Nope. I was leaving the nightmare that was Hastings, Minnesota, for a new home on the West Coast, a place filled with hope, a place of new beginnings, a place without violence or fear, a place called Oakland. <laughs> yeah. And then it jumps forward. He's an adult. Uh, he's he's actually an author. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like this because he's he's signing you know his books at like a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, and everybody just keeps coming up asking where this new Stephen King book yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> and then some guys like, "What's your book about?" You know, and, he's, and then he just makes it up. He's like, "It's about a guy who murders somebody and all this shit." He's like, "Oh, cool, I'll buy it." Because <laughs> everyone's trying to buy the new Stephen King. Book. I guess I made a mistake. In nineteen seventy was when this that flashback took place, not the 50s. So 70. Well, Felt that way. Felt like 60s. Yeah, 70s, because yeah, he had the Evil Knievel right. doll, which yeah. came in the 70s. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's he's in L.A. He's a... He's like kind of... He's not really a famous writer, but yeah. he's a writer. And he gets a... You know, his wife has left him. He's got a son that's, mm-hmm. you know, in middle school, like 8th, 7th grade, 6th, 7th grade, yeah, I want to yeah. say. Call it that, yeah. Um, and he... He gets a letter from his middle school saying, like, oh, we would like you to come teach. Yeah. You know, be an English teacher. <clears throat> yeah. So I was like, great. I can get the sure. fuck out of Oakland, move back to the old stomping grounds. Maybe my son will like it. I'm going to be greeted like a local celebrity. Local hero. Is what yeah. He says, but yeah. I'm a local hero. And it doesn't really, you know, his son hates it. He's yeah. like, you didn't tell me we we're going to be the fucking cleavers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His son's like into skateboarding. He's you know, he grew up in that uh, suburban yeah, in uh, Oakland, sort like, of lifestyle in Oakland. He, he's into certain things. Quintessential '90s kid who uh, I, I probably would have identified with, although probably not. I try. I think back on like the '90s, and my perception of it was a lot of times through the media that I would consume, and I'd be like, "Oh, those are cool kids." When I realized realistically, I was a goofy kid with glasses who liked playing Sega Genesis a lot and reading Animorph books. <laughs> I think that was all of us. Yeah. yeah. Playing PlayStation. I didn't actually get into sports until I like hit like a uh, like a good. I think everyone for, bought those Animorph books just to like flip through the pages and watch it change. I was <laughs> obsessed with those books. Yeah. I loved them. Didn't I read they, the story. Try to make like a TV show out of that. Yeah, that was a really short-lived uh, Nickelodeon series. Yeah, it didn't last long at all. No, um, and I think the biggest star out of that whole uh, show was Sean Ashmore, who would go into uh, he'd be Iceman and X Men. Oh yeah, he was in yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, they end up, like, they move into their new house. Um, Jeffrey Tambor, the great actor yeah. from, uh, can I think of this TV show? Uh, Wasn't he on Ellen? No, I'm, I don't know. What's the TV show? Why can I think of it? Arrested Development. Arrested Development. There yeah. you go. So he's the dad in Arrested Development. And, you know. He's and in, um, he's been in Hellboy. Fucking, he's been in so many things. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, I think one of my favorite things that he's in is um, uh, Muppets, uh, Muppets in Space. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just—he's a funny dude. So he's the neighbor named yeah. Art and his wife Betty, and they're just weird. You know, they won't leave him alone. He yeah, talks they, nonstop. It's like yeah. your typical don't really know the boundaries. Neighbor, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm just kind of scrolling through where we're at here. 
Uh, we pretty much find out the mom's <clears throat> left. Um, he goes, he runs into his old love. His old childhood flame. Uh, which is actually his Bruce, peppercorn. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen's first wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. She looks good in this movie. She sure does. Well, she's the sex ed teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, man, your dad's. Is your dad hanging out with sex? <laughs> she's teacher? like a couple inches taller than him, too. Yeah, which I think is great because, yeah. you know, it's Rick Moranis. He's supposed to be that short little thing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm like watching this and I was like, she is a, a, a smoke show uh, in, in that like 90s button down kind of librarian way. And uh, he's just kind of this little goofy looking dude. I don't know. Maybe maybe movies like this give dudes like that hope. So I think maybe yeah. Good on you. Like, oh yeah. If you're nerdy, you can do it. Well, if you're Rick Moranis, <laughs> you can get anybody, right? <laughs> I, I mean, sure. <laughs> it's got a lot of charm. Boundless charm. Uh, he goes to you know, goes back to the school. Uh-huh. You realize it's the same fucking principal, Don Knotts. Uh-huh. He walks into the library. He walks right? in the library. The librarian's the same too, right? You don't really see the librarian at the no? beginning. Oh, okay. He, he just right. kind of he walks in and he's like, "Oh my god, you're still here." Yeah. And she's like, "Oh." David, you have a, uh, you know. What was the book? Green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah, goes, it's like uh-huh. over. Uh-huh. And she's like, you owe like eight, twelve thousand dollars in like overbook, overdue fees or something like that. I saw something about that. The the math on that is wrong. I think the overdue fees would only be like 400 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just funny. And yes, uh, I noticed something. I was hoping uh, you didn't catch it. Yes. But. Yeah, it was open. I wouldn't catch it. So yeah. if you've been listening to us for a long time, you noticed that uh, I may or may not uh, make Casual references to one of my... (laughs) Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't. Some movies I don't. I make casual uh, references to my favorite book and uh, movie in in Dune. And and just so happens that the... Right behind him is Dune Messiah. The movie gods would bequeath unto me a Dune reference in this this movie. Uh, On the book rack, there is a copy of Dune Messiah, (laughs) which is the uh, second book in the series from the original Atreides trilogy from Mr. Frank Herbert. Thank you very much. There's a, there's actually a lot of famous little kids in this that I've seen in like other movies. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to go through them. But uh, th- one of them is Gregory Smith. Uh, he's just, he, in, in this, he's just uh, listed as kid number two. Yeah. He's just in the class, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He's one of the, one of the bullies or one of the bullies lackeys or something. What of Ben's lackeys, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, Ben is uh, is David's kid, right? Ben Leary. Ben Leary is his yeah. character's name. Now the the actor's name is Blake, um, Blake Bashoff. He's been in a couple of things. He sure has. Um, he was Gordy and Bushwhacked. Remember that with yeah, Daniel Stern? That's a great movie. He was in uh, about ten episodes of Lost, um, and he was also he was one of the. Um, here, hang on. I'm sorry. I like Bushwhacked. Yeah, Bushwhacked is great. My favorite scene where he's like teaching them about the sex yeah. with the dolls. <laughs> it was Carl Martin in Lost, if you were a fan of that show. I was into it until you know, near the I've end. I've never watched it. Megan wants me to watch it. I haven't. He had a small role in Minority Report as the pre-crime public announcer. Okay. The pre-crime public service announcer. I don't even know if that meant he was on screen. It might he have might have been his voice. voice. Yeah. yeah. He was in Deuces Wild uh, in O2. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Chicken soup for the soul. He was in one episode of that, which they made a TV series out of that. Ninety nine, two thousand. Oxygen or something? Or? <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Was that like? <laughs> Wasn't that just like another Lifetime channel yeah. or something? He was in the new Swiss Family Robinson, where he played Todd Robinson. That was nineteen ninety eight. Uh, and the rest of it is mostly just like uh television roles. And uh, I'm trying to see what his most recent one was. He was in. 
Finding Neighbors in 2013. I think that was his most recent role. And he was in about three episodes of Mad Men. <clears throat> we, uh, we we get this section where he goes into the teacher's lounge. You know, he's always like, I've always wanted to know what the teacher's lounge was like. Yeah. It's like everyone's fucking smoking. chain smoking like crazy. Um, we get another famous actor, Curtis Armstrong, who was famous oh, playing yeah. Booger. Booger. And, yeah. and he was in uh, Breaking Bad. He was in Breaking Bad. Yeah. He's also in Supernatural. He does the... He does. A, he's the voice of Snot on American Dad. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I just like Curtis. I think my favorite is uh, Better Off Dead. Oh, yeah. And he's like snorting the snow. He's like, this is pure snow. Do you know how much this street value is on this? It's so great. Street value is. <laughs> um, so we get a clip of him, and they're talking. This is where he sees his, uh, his crush. His old flame. His old flame. And then we find out that Ben is a bully. He kind of has been picking on um, Tom Arnold's character, which I need to shut my dog up here in a minute. Yeah. She's going crazy. You wanna, you wanna I'm gonna play, well, I'm going to play a clip. Okay. Uh, so th- we find out that Ben is bullying Tom Arnold's or Fang, uh, pretty much his son. And so okay. they're, they're all called into the teacher's office or the principal's office which yeah. is with Don Knotts. And this is where we kind of figure out when uh, David figures out who Russell is or okay. Ross. Russ. Oh, that's right. Yeah, here we go. Sorry, I'm late. Nothing. What are you looking at? Nothing, sir. Dennis? David. Whatever. This is Haas, our shop teacher. Actually, it's, it's Ross in a, it's industrial education. Whatever. Ross is the father of... Uh, Kirby. Whatever. Hi, Kirby. Hi. Kirby's the boy your son was fighting with. Very sorry about this, sir. I assure you this will not happen again. Will it, Ben? Who can predict the future? I can. I'm really sorry about this. Oh, that's okay. Ben seems like a nice enough kid. Yeah, well, he can be. I'll tell you, lately I feel like Gregory Peck in The Omen. Huh? So you teach shop, huh? Yeah, intro to woodworking and advanced metals. Oh, that must be, uh... Interesting? Oh, it is. It is. One time, I, we were making keychains, and I cut my thumb off with a saw. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. So I wrapped it up in cellophane, and I, and I drove it down to the hospital, but there was a line. So, so I went over to the hardware store, and I got some needle and thread, and, and I stitched it up myself. You sewed on your own thumb? Yeah, I'm good at stuff like that. See? You can't move it much, but you can still do a few things with it. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad, too. Because they say the opposable thumbs what separates man from the other animals. Plus, it comes in good for hitchhiking. Huh? You know. Oh, yeah. Unless, of course, you got a really nice set of legs. Fire. 
I kind of like that that scene. Like you can, if you haven't seen the movie, but the the yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys can hear me doing that, but the his <clears> neck <throat> is like his neck is like pulsating when he's staring at Fang and he's freaking out because <clears> you know Roscoe smiles. You see the Fang, so he's like, "Oh my god, it's him!" You know, uh, Tom Arnold was really weird in this movie, uh, and I'm trying to remember when. Uh, True Lies came out ninety four. I want yeah, to say about. I tears. like that movie. He's great. I love movie. True Lies. Uh, I don't know if anybody who follows my TikTok, but True Lies is actually a remake. Funny story. It's a remake of a French film called La Total. <laughs> but he was also in another movie in nineteen ninety six, which was also a comedic failure. Yeah, I think he won two Razzies for that or something. The Stupids. Stupid! I've never even heard of that. You've never heard of the stupid? I don't think so. Maybe I'll have to watch the trailer. I bet I probably saw it. For one, it's stupid. <laughs> well, <clears> Maybe <throat> a clever away, title. Right? Um, but also, there's this uh, internet like uh, video essayist that I, I really like on YouTube named Maggie Mae Fish. Uh, no relation. And um, she did a video on the stupids and why it's actually a pretty scathing satire. Of like American uh, culture in that weird little gap between the end of the Cold War and pre nine eleven, so it's this kind of like area uh, of, and you can kind of see it in the way films were in that in that in those years, like uh, after like you know ninety one, ninety two, and then before two thousand one. So in that ten year gap in the nineties, where the world was just great, <laughs> or so to speak, at least it, it perceptively for people watching you know, movies and stuff in, in America. And uh, and it's a pretty good little video. I would recommend you watch the movie and then check out her video essay. It's Maggie Mayfish. Um, and she has got a really great video about why, sort of the redeeming qualities of the movie The Stupids. And it's one of my favorite bad movies. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I probably did see it at some yeah. point. It was in the 90s and I was watching so many movies. There's this really wacky song in the middle of The Stupids where he goes on a talk show, like some daytime talk show. And it's like one of those Maury things where, you know, or, or Jerry Springer where they have to give the audience a reason why they're there. And he goes, oh, well, uh, I'm my own grandpa. And he, and he gives this like song that runs through all the logical sort of like um, in or uh, a paradox of like why he's his own grandpa. It's kind of a, a catchy song. Anyway, watch it. It's great. <clears throat> and um, it was directed by John Landis too. So that's another reason why it's kind of a, a weird, no, Landis did it. a weird I mean, movie. I'll have to watch it. American werewolf in London was one of Landis's and uh, let's not forget. He was responsible for the death of two child actors. <laughs> yes. We, uh, we move on to pretty much, we figure out it's Fang. Ben still bullying um, David. David. Or no, uh, Kirby. Kirby, yeah. So yeah. Kirby is Tom Arnold's son in this. And uh, we have this scene at the bar where, um, you know, because David goes outside <coughs> with the fire alarm. Mm -hmm. His pyromaniac friend is now the, like a fire. A local uh, firefighter. firefighter. Hey, you want to yeah. see me catch my arm on fire? <laughs> so <laughs> he tells him, he's like, hey, come to the bar. You know, you know, your buddy owns a bar. So here's yeah. a little clip of that. No, that's the wrong one. Don't you guys remember Fang? Ross? Shop teacher. Yeah, sure. Sure. You remember what he was like when we were kids? He used to kind of bully me around. <laughs> Man, he nailed you. Hey, well, I've been down that road myself. Now, everybody's been picked on one time or another as part of growing up. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Besides, we've all grown up since then. Fangs changed so much after they sent him away. I can hardly remember what he was like back then. What do you mean they sent him away? Reform school. Come on, Rock. 
Don't you remember the moon rock? Remember the moon rock was stolen? Fang is the kid who stole the moon rock. They sent him to reform school for three years. And when he came back, he was a different person. Reform school is just another way of saying prison for kids. And the Rochester Reformatory. That was the worst of the bunch. Didn't they shut that down a few years back? Uh -huh. They had to after that story on 60 Minutes. What'd they call it again? Uh, Pee Wee Prison. Pee Wee Prison, right. You know, when he got out, things went back to normal, didn't they? I mean, his parents must have skipped town. Just picked up and left. Then they sent him to an orphanage. They sent him to an orphanage. I mean, at least that's what we know. Well, nobody knows for certain what happened after that because he never talked about it to anybody. Who can blame him? Let me tell you something. Kids are cruel, but nobody, nobody deserved what Fang got. God, it's good to see uh, you. Hey, Cindy, get that bratwurst over here. about throwing water balloons in the house. What have you been? Well, I was working in the shop, and uh, I was Check. making you a brand new cabinet. So we also get Carol Kane yeah. as uh, as Tom Arnold's wife in this. Yeah. You only see her like twice in the film, or like yeah. three times, if that. So wasted talent. Until he gets there. his mojo back. Later. Yeah, because he finds out that um, he finds out who David is. Yeah. He's like Davy, and because he thinks. Oh, this was my friend. He never thought he was a bully. He yeah. thought he was like just having fun with this other kid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, oh, Davey. So he gets kind of like his idea back. Well, I want to fuck around with Davey. So yeah. he does that. And yeah, because he's such a he's such a wuss and wimp. Yeah. And uh, like even in the next clip I'm going to play because pretty much he starts torturing David. Again, starts, yeah. yeah, messing with him psychologically, <laughs> and he thinks that he's just like a butt of his practical jokes, and that he was having fun with him. Yeah, and we and Curtis Armstrong's character is like one of the teachers. He has a little nervous twig, uh -huh. and he, David keeps running into him, and he's like, and he thinks he's being bullied, bullied by, by David. David. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> all the while, David's son is now the bully to Kirby. Kirby, who is Roscoe's son. So the signs of and they give here again they give uh, Tom Arnold's character a third name because he's also Roscoe Bigger, known as Fang, and then when he gets older he's called Ross. Like pick a name. <laughs> um, in the bar scene when he runs into his old friends, uh, one of his uh, friends is played by uh, the adult version is played by Stuart Pankin, who would also appear did appear rather with um, Rick Moranis in Honey We Shrunk Ourselves as Gordon Zielinski. Oh man, his I like brother in or yeah, his brother. I don't remember cousin. seeing Honey I Shrunk or something. That was the third one. Was it the third one? Yeah. So I remember like Honey We Blew Up the Baby and stuff yeah. like that. That one was all right. I don't know. Eh. I watched it as a kid. But Stuart Pankin was also uh let's see, he was shoot, I just had it. You'd probably also recognize him from uh Congo, uh Arachnophobia. He was in striptease. It's been a while since I've seen Congo. Uh he was in he was in that show. That was a spinoff of the Wayans Brothers. Remember the character White Mike? Did you ever watch Wayans mm -hmm. Brothers? No. Uh, well, there was a character on that show called White Mike, and I don't know if it was directly a spinoff or they just they just took the actor from that show and made him like a substitute teacher on this other show. And Stuart Pankin was like either the principal or another teacher who was sort of like his antagonistic uh, character, and he was always like you know throwing like fat jokes and insults at him. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> he's, he's pretty good. But they, yeah, you, again, you don't see a lot of his like adult friends again. Later. This is pretty much the last time. And we see the, we see the yeah. fireman later and that's really about it. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, 
Fang's bullying David, mm-hmm. and they're in the the school. Kind of gets out of control. Gets out of control. So he runs into the principal's principal's office because he's like he's going to tell on him, you know, like he would as a kid. Right. So here's a little clip of what are like, you looking at? Yeah, adult <laughs> David running into the principal's office to tell on uh, on Fang. In your face. So you say he hounds you for no apparent reason? That he chases you down the street screaming your name? That one of our own teachers is behaving like some high-strung fourth grader? But why? Crack. <laughs> David Leary's got to be on crack. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I need to speak with you right away. I want to talk to you about Fang, about Roscoe Bicker. Yes? I've been having some problems with him, sir. Kind of problems. Well, he's been picking on me. Picking on you? Mm-hmm. And how does he pick on you? How? Specifically. Well, it's hard to say exactly. Try. Start at the beginning. Yeah. Beginning. Well, he shot peas at me at lunch. Peas? Uh-huh. How many peas? Three. I see. And you're certain he's the pea shooter? Well, I, I don't I don't have proof exactly, but yes. Dennis. David. Whatever. Mr. Bigger's been teaching here for over 13 years. And if he's had any kind of problem at all, it's been that he's too passive. But he's changed. And I think he's changed because of me. Yes, well, that's another story, isn't it? We invited you back to Hastings Middle School to set an example for the students. But if even half the stories I've been hearing about your erratic behavior are true, then I'm afraid this has been something of a bust. I'm putting you on probation. If I don't see some marked improvement on your part, we'll find a substitute to finish the semester. But I'm the town hero. Hey. Hi. What you doing? Writing a poem. Oh, okay. Well, I'll leave you alone. See you later. Dad? Yep. I'd like you to hear it. Really? Yeah. It's called, I Once Had a Friend. That's a good name for a poem, son. I once had a friend who was new to my school. I once had a friend that the kids thought was cool. I once had a friend who stole my bag lunch. I once had a friend who was quick to the punch. I once had a friend who'd laugh when I'd fall. I once had a friend who was no friend at all. That's a good poem, son. But it's not a very good friend, is it? No, it isn't. And of course, he just doesn't get the gist of that poem whatsoever no. he goes right back to torturing david mm-hmm. and he pretty much almost kills him like he almost so there's one scene like at the beginning because he's all passive like yeah. in the sh- teacher's shop you mm-hmm. know the kid's like fucking around with him like throwing yeah. erasers and stuff and then yeah. once he gets his mojo back he catches the eraser and then like throws the kid's face in front of like a fucking saw and yeah. like let's talk about safety and he goes like, home right and tells his kids to, to get fuck out. off yeah because or... he's gonna take his wife to bed like, yeah like, no, no yeah well he makes them all do whatever the hell they're supposed to be doing yeah his wife gets like randy about it and she's and he's like and he throws her over his shoulder right like a caveman <laughs> He's like, everybody out. 
Your mom and I are going to have to take a nap. <laughs> um, I think the Kirby kid. I was just I was just looking this up too. He, he, he's been in a he's couple been of in things. a few other things yeah. too, which I think are, he looks really familiar, especially as a kid actor. Let me see if I can bring it up. Yeah, while well, you're doing that, I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> there's so yeah, we pretty much it goes back and forth. At one point, there's a dance. Um, David gets to hang out with the sexy, cool. uh, you know, Wendy Peppercorn character type of thing. Oh yeah, and he makes a fool of himself because. Fangs by the punch bowl, and he's like, he once beat in my apple juice when I was a kid, so don't drink that. And <laughs> everyone just thinks he's crazy, that he's losing his mind, and it pretty much just escalates to them being chased, like Fang the, chasing yeah. David through the school. You like, get like a kind of a pseudo horror movie uh, kind of stalking. Yeah, like he which shoots him. I think lines up with the director's idea abilities that, with uh, you know. See, I think if it, Friday if, the Thirteenth, I think if it would. I feel like if this wasn't a comedy and they made it more serious, it would be a little like <clears throat> it could be creepy in a way. Like it does have a little bit of dark sense to it, but in um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it definitely f- has uh, miners like uh, like fingerprints for for horror in there. Oh, uh, Voy Pronto, he was he was talking to me and uh, on like a like a DM the other day about the movie and he his. His take of the movie is it's a it's a mashup of the Sandlot meets Fear. Yeah, I could with, definitely uh, Mark see that. Wahlberg. Yeah, could definitely see that because he 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 just said not, that to just me. not as well not as well executed yeah, not as well executed no. Um, so yeah, the kid who plays uh, Kirby Kirby is Cody McMains. Uh, he actually was in two episodes of Monk as you're watching. Um, let's see, he was in the show Everwood for about four episodes. Not another teen movie. Um. He was in Bring It On. Uh, looks like a lot of television, some shorts. Uh, I got to get back into the 90s. To find yeah, I feel, I feel like he did a lot as a little kid. He did, yeah. He was on like The Parenthood well, for one episode. A lot of, a lot of like one, it one could, time it, it shots. Could, it could be that I just remember him from this movie. So that's why I'm just thinking. He's yeah, that's stuff. possible. Um, it looks like his most recent uh, film was in 2012. Called FDR American Badass. Uh, yeah, hang on. Let's let's let's. let's he might be in a bit. wheelchair, but he's packing. It's an <laughs> action comedy. It's an outrageous, over-the-top spoof of Franklin Delano Roosevelt <laughs> uh, in the untold untold true story of our country's greatest monster hunting president. I think this was <laughs> like a Lincoln kind of riding on the coattails yeah. of that little. Uh, Kind of situation, concept. and it's got FDR in a motorized wheelchair, complete with uh, two Gatling guns and a Thompson machine gun. Oh my god! I look gotta at see. that. Oh, that looks horrible. Yes, it does. I want that framed, hanging in my house. That's a great. That'd be a great poster. America. Just that alone is is <laughs> really intriguing me right now, dude. Barry Bostwick is in it. Ray Wise, uh, Bruce McGill. Well, I get is Barry Bostwick FDR. Uh. Yes, yeah. yes, he <laughs> yeah, is. Because he's old enough to do it. Dude, Kevin Sorbo plays Lincoln in this. <clears throat> oh my god, this sounds horrible. William Mapather is in this. That's uh that's Tom Cruise's brother, right? I have no idea. Yeah, William Mapather, uh, this fella. I, I know you I all know can't Tom... see what I'm doing. Yeah, that's Tom Cruise's brother. Oh, I could see that. Like, his name's teeth. Thomas Mapather. Is Tom Cruise? Oh, is it? Yeah. Know. So yeah, tooth he, in the yeah, middle, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, tooth <laughs> in the middle, exactly. They get uh, he gets chased through the school, being tortured, like you know, nail guns being shot at him, ropes catch on fire, and he ends up going to the river. There's like a cave that they talk about at the beginning, 
And it's like this yeah. cave that he would hide in. And it's like, don't go past the red rock because no one ever does. Like, yeah. it's dangerous. And so he goes past the red rock. And even Fang is like, what? You went past red rock? Oh, yeah. man. And they get split up. They pretty much attack each other. And they end up on the top of this waterfall. Um, and here's a little clip where we kind of get the sense of Fang. This is where we get kind of this information of why Fang would bully. You know? Yeah. And here it is. And then Tom Arnold falls off the waterfall and he thinks that he killed him. Right. So, and there's a little before this, like, cause when he gets chased through the school, like he tells him like, Hey, let's meet up. I need to talk to you. And he mm -hmm. tells him that I turned you in in fourth grade. Like yeah. I told him. About yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's when Tom Arnold just loses his Kinda fucking loses mind. Shit. Uh, I made a mistake. Um, William Apather and Tom Cruise are not brothers. They are first cousins. First cousin. Mm. Gotcha. And so uh, Rick Moranis, character, David, he's like walking home and he thinks he murdered you know, Fang. He thinks yeah. he murdered him. Yeah. And, you know, he sees the uh the fire his fireman buddy and he tells him, he's like, Okay, you know what? Like just I'll drop you off at home. I'll go check the reservoir yeah. to make we'll sure. Go check it you out. Know. You go lay low. And as he's walking <laughs> home, it's like really late at night. And at this point, Ben and uh Kirby Kirby have made up yeah. pretty much. And you know, they're they're, they're just hanging out watching TV. Yeah, hanging out watching TV. And as he's walking up, Jeffrey Tambor, the neighbor, Art, uh, uh -huh. he's just <laughs> He I, knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, and I, I have this clip because it's cool. really funny. And this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, I think this yeah. is the best part of the movie. Yeah. And uh here it is. Evening, neighbor. Ah! Don't you sleep, Art? You know, midnight is actually the best time of the day for lawn care. Oh, sure. Art? See, the sunshine causes the grass and the shrubbery to bend in a way that makes lawn care, and mowing and pruning. Art? Uh, what's wrong, David? I've done something really terrible. You killed the shop teacher. How do you know that? Well, it just, it's just logical. I mean, everybody in town knows that you two had sort of a twisted relationship. They do? Oh, sure. It's small town, David. You know, people talk. You don't think I'm a murderer, do you? Oh, well, David. Now, that's hard for me to say. You see, the only person who can say if you're a, a murderer or not is you. See, if your perceptions of tonight's events creates your own individual reality, in the end, it's just, it's about semantics, isn't it? I remember the first time I tried to kill Betty. What? Well, let me finish. You tried to kill Betty? Let me finish. 
Oh, I see. I see, Mr. High and Mighty. Hey, I didn't kill the shop teacher. Who killed the shop teacher? You killed the shop teacher. You killed him. So yeah, and then he comes home and he realizes Kirby's there with his son. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, uh, hey, hey, Mr. Leary, have you seen my dad?" And he's like, "Uh, no." Uh, no. And then he goes to his room, and then we find out that uh, as he's laying in bed, like he's kind of laying there and like dripping on his face. Uh-huh. Fang's not dead. He gets out. They struggle. They're like, "Oh yeah, he's strength. in his room." He, he like yeah. goes to his house and finds him. Yeah, tries to a... beat him up, and then the kids come in. They're like, "What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? We made up, can't you?" And then yeah. they're like, "Okay." What the fuck? Like, <laughs> what if? <laughs> oh my god! What if? What if they're like okay and they kissed? <laughs> okay, <laughs> and it was just like new a, daddies now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are brothers now. Yeah, and then that's pretty much the end of the movie. They're packing out. They're they're moving back to or they're moving to New York. Yeah, he's like, I have a little end <laughs> clip, but I don't really need to play it. No. Um. Yeah, and you know, fucking Fang gets him another uh, evil, evil can evil doll. Yeah. Um, which uh, it's funny because the kid's like, who's that? He's like, oh, this, this, who's Evil Knievel? Oh, he used to be the drummer for Guns N' Roses. You know, like a little joke. <laughs> understand. And, you know, he's telling him like, hey, uh, you know, Guns if you're ever in New York, you know, swing by for a visit. And, yeah. you know, Fang's like, Ross is like, oh, okay, great. And then as they're driving away, you see he's got his truck with the trailer. He's like, kids. it's a mobile home. We can take it anywhere. All of his kids. It's Are we really going ass, to New York? Yeah. Like double wide. And yeah, so he's following him. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. I mean, and it's really, you're, I'm going to duck rate it. Yeah. Just talking about it. I'm going to give it one duck. I was going to give it two. You know what? No, I'll do two, two? because there are funny moments in it. There, there are some funny scenes. It is definitely not a movie that I think I'll watch all the time, but it is, I, I think this is a good hangover movie. You want something stupid. This would be the kind of movie that it's I. It's good for kids. I think it's a fun movie for kids. If you're eight years old. Sure. I think it's a fun little movie. Yeah. Uh, this would definitely be the kind of movie that you would play if somebody had said, I had never seen it. And they're like, well, now you have to. Yeah. Because I had to. Yeah. We got to watch it. Is or it good? You, Just as you got to watch it. Or if you want to show a comedy to a kid that kind of like brings them out of childhood movies, but isn't quite an adult movie. Yeah. It's not, it's, kinda, it's not quite there where it's going to scare you, but yeah. it's going to. Yeah, it's, I was it's just, a good buffer film to get yeah. put into something else. I was also reading this, too. It was written by Mark Stephen Johnson, uh, who also was the writer for Grumpy Old Men. Man, Grumpy Old Men is so much funnier than this movie. Yeah, and uh, strangely enough, he was also the writer and director for 2003's Daredevil and 2007's Ghost Rider. Ooh. Both uh, part of the Marvel Legacy movies that were so he, terrible. So he pretty much blew his load with Grumpy Old Men. I think he did Elektra as well. Oh, which is God, also dude. bad. Yeah, that's wretched. I saw that movie in theaters. Did you? Yeah, I think I saw Daredevil in theaters. I, I did was too. Very yeah. disappointed. I was disappointed. I the, the only thing I remember about that film is yeah. him like folding his bills a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or living in that like uh, that like uh, sensory deprivation chamber. Yeah, or, like sleeping in it. How does one sleep in water? I don't well, know. Who played Kingpin? That was um, Michael Clark Duncan. Mark, yeah, he did. He, he, was he did a good job. Excellent. He did a good job in that. But other than that, the movie was shit. Yeah, it was very, very terrible. What are you ducking it? Uh, I was sitting at one duck, uh, but I feel like it deserves 1.5 ducks. 1.5 ducks. Yeah. We also have a review from our critic. Yeah. Mr. Boy Pronto. Mr. Boy Pronto. Let me get that Weighing up. in on the, the show here. I was like slackened. 
and putting <clears throat> things together. So next week we're probably we're not, well, not probably we are not going to be covering a movie. We're gonna we're gonna do another duck dive. Yeah. So if you want us to answer certain questions, mm-hmm. uh, send us a message or. I think yeah. I think Fish will do another Facebook post to let people. I will. Know about yeah. It. I mean, uh, periodically, I, I toss out questions just for curiosity's sake on our on both our private page and our public page on Facebook because I always like to know, uh, you know, from our listeners how they feel about movies. It's not always just about how Josh and I feel, as I'm sure there are many times if you might be listening, you'll you'll be like. Uh, you'd be screaming things yeah, at the speaker. You, yeah, you, you did that wrong. They're in the fourth grade. God yeah, damn it! Yeah, you know, it's nineteen seventy. <laughs> or, or even you know, having your own opinion about movies that that would either align with ours or completely you know um, contradict uh, some of our opinions. So I like to ask those questions online so we can hear directly from you. And uh, if you are following us, you may have noticed over the past couple weeks or months, I ask a series of questions, and you know, typically there's a really great thread in the comments uh, and we, we talk about whatever that question was and, and those movies that pertain to that question. So I'm probably going to use many of those questions that I've been asking over the months. So if you've contributed to those threads, uh, I will be uh, reading many of, Some the, of the answers oh, nice. on, on air as well so that you can hear, you know, not only our responses to those questions, but you know, we'll, we'll mention you here on the show, especially if you're a regular contributor and you interact with us a lot. I may even uh, throw out a, a series of new questions for y'all. And if you have specific questions you want us to add or respond to uh, on this next duck dive, I'm going to make a whole new post about this upcoming episode. So feel free to drop into the comments uh, and leave a question uh, as you want. And always remember on our homepage, you can find a um, phone number <clears throat> and you can call in. And leave any kind of comment, voice message, uh, a response to a question, anything you want, and we will air it. Cool, cool. Yeah. Let me go ahead and play uh, Mr. Boy Pronto and see what he thought of Big Bully. Yeah, boy. Big Bully. I feel like I was thinking if uh, the aliens come, right, and the average person... You won't be able to, like, interact with the aliens, but you will be able to probably, like, access a bunch of their media, right? Like, the big thing will be watching movies from a from an alien planet. And that's what Big Bully was like. It was like watching a movie about humanoids, but just off, because they're Canadian, and they're fucking weird. Also... I think Rick Moranis is the Canadian William H. Macy. Two ducks. I'm going to give you two ducks. Okay. Rick Moranis is kind of the uh, the Canadian, Canadian William, William H. H. Macy. Macy. I can see that. I suppose, yeah. I always wonder, and, and I enjoy thoroughly, thank you, uh, Mr. Temple, Mr. Voipronto, for uh, contributing as you do. You are, you are a, um, a wonderful detail to our show. I always wonder... What he might have consumed or taken before each review, because there's always different flavors of him. Yeah, there's either. You know? Yeah, sometimes he's mellowed out. Sometimes he's on whiskey. Sometimes, sometimes he's sometimes, what, 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 what? sometimes he's like full of energy like that. Sometimes it sounds like he just like ate a bag of mushrooms. <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> I truly enjoy uh, his take from. Uh, and I wonder if his perspective changed based upon whatever he might have imbibed. So that's always fun. 
All right, yeah. So uh, that's it. Thank you for listening yeah. to our uh, our little cast here. Uh, remember, yeah, next week we're going to be uh, next Wednesday. So next yeah. week we're not doing yeah. two week because we don't have to watch a movie. So nope. we're just gonna sit down and talk. I might. Uh, I'm getting a new laptop. Fun. Got my stimmy. You did. You got your stimmy. Finally got my stimmy. I and put mine away. Mine's hanging out. Yeah. No. I I need a new laptop for the, my business and stuff. And <coughs> so I think uh, if I don't sell my old one, maybe we'll use that as like the duck and the usher laptop, and we can do some live streams or something. Ooh, I was gonna bring this up. I want to get your feelings on it. What if we did duck dive live? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because with that new computer I'm getting, it's it's all it's really badass. So okay. we'll be able to be able to stream without any problems like we had before. So all right. All right, cool. Because I I'm getting a lot of ideas in my head for um, a YouTube channel. Okay. And if we can, st- and if I can get a series of uh, relatively inexpensive, ca- I might I might use my Stimmy for this. Get cameras. We need cameras. Well, I mean, we can put one there. Yeah. yeah. Well, one static shot is great, but I need an over the shoulder shot. I need an over the shoulder shot because uh, I want to edit some of that shit together, which means I need to get a computer, and so. You'll be my you'll be my tech consultant. I can help you with that. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening in. Quack quack quack. Thank and you. We'll see you next time. Peace. If I can play the music, man, I'm just Do off it. today. Outro. Outro music. Get us out of here. If I can, I can't find it. Why can't I find it? Oh my god! There I have it to is. poop. See ya.